Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode 27 of Real Estate Investing in New York with me, Christina Kremitas. And in this episode, I'm sharing my tips for how buyers can win in a seller's market. So stay tuned, we're covering everything here. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of Real Estate Investing in New York. This episode is all about how buyers can win in a seller's market, targeted specifically to New York City properties, mainly condos and co-ops. The way you really want to negotiate on condo and co-op buildings are a little bit different than the way that you would tend to negotiate on private houses. I know there's been a lot of communications going around about the fact that it's a seller's market it's tougher for buyers to get their offer accepted well things are a little bit more nuanced and a little bit different here in new york city so since you're interested in the new york market and you're interested in buying into buildings this episode is going to be exactly what you're looking for firstly did you ever think that you would see a day where we would be saying if you want to get a little bit more of a deal actually buy in manhattan versus other outer boroughs it's completely insane but that's been the situation over the course of the last year with everything that's been going on. So Manhattan real estate prices have a little bit of flexibility with respect to negotiating. I mean, if you were negotiating in the heat of 2020 when everything was really really dismal you would have gotten way more money off and that was really more of a buyer's market but what's happened is everyone's outlook has really improved really quickly and all of a sudden honestly between the months of February to March and April there was a complete 180 that was done in the New York market and everybody flooded back rentals first of all were absolutely insane the prices for rentals have shot up at least five hundred dollars on average in the city compared to where they were in 2020 so that happened and of course another indicator of the market are the prices and how negotiable apartments are going for and there's still a bit of a deal to be had in manhattan if you are looking to purchase in manhattan if you're looking to purchase in brooklyn things are more competitive but either way you need to be approaching this market with the understanding that this is a seller's market you really need to be coming to the table as a buyer with a competitive approach if you want to be winning the best properties on the market what we are seeing is that the most desirable properties that are priced the best are actually flying off the market very quickly right now so if you've been looking for a while and now it's really time for you to pull the trigger and you're planning on placing an offer on the next best thing that you see there are definitely some things that you need to keep in mind because there are thousands of buyers in the same exact position as you who have been looking over the course of the past few months and are now ready to act My first most important tip before you even go shopping for apartments, if you're in the mindset that you're ready to place an offer, is to get pre-approved by a reputable lender. You do not want to be approved by Rocket Mortgage or an online website that is not really looking that deep into your personal financials. You really need to be showing a seller a pre-approval letter that is going to make them feel really comfortable, that's going to have a mortgage loan officer's contact information on it. The seller wants to be familiar with the bank that you're approved with, know they're legitimate, and even be able to establish a line of communication with your 
loan officer just to make sure that everything is looking good, to make sure that they're comfortable in your pre-approval because right now sellers are being very discriminatory. If someone comes placing an offer who's less qualified than someone else, they're going to go with the more qualified person, especially because in this current environment, job security, though it's a lot better than it was last year, it's still kind of questionable. So there is still that underlying fear of, is this person really secure? Is this person going to make it through the several months of the purchase process? Is this person strong enough to be approved by a co-op board? You really, really, really need to be putting your best foot forward when it comes to communicating how qualified you are when you're placing an offer. I have several mortgage loan officers that are amazing. If you're looking for people who are reputable in different areas that will be able to give you an accurate pre-approval letter who has some level of clout in the industry, meaning that a seller's real estate agent will look at your pre-approval letter and say, I'm really comfortable with this. You can always check out the description. I have my website linked and on my website, I have a page called referrals and offers and you can always at any time see who the best people are in the industries that you need. My next most important tip is you want to demonstrate your intent. Demonstrating your intent is one of the easiest things that you can do, but it's what most people are not doing. A lot of people approach the home purchase process viewing listings the way they would act in a car dealership where you have to act aloof and act like you don't really care that much or act that you don't really need the property. And, you know, maybe walk out a couple of times and circle around and kind of see what they're going to come back with. But that's really not how to win in a seller's market. In a seller's market, your best way of getting money off is to demonstrate genuine intent and show that you're real, show that you're serious, show that you really like the property. And then with that said, it's a lot easier to come in with an offer that's asking for money off with all the good intentions in the world. You showing that you really want this, but you're pre-approved for such and such amount and this is the most that you can do. And the seller is going to be way more inclined to work with you and say, look, I kind of really like this person. Let's give a little bit of money off or let's give them a couple of the things that they're asking for versus the buyer that's just confusing the seller. When a buyer comes in, comes out, asks a thousand questions, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking questions, but to a certain extent, you start to confuse the seller. The seller's like, is this person interested? Is this person just enjoying learning about properties that they're not actually going to buy? You are a stranger right now to the seller and your task is getting the seller to like you enough to want to start giving you things that you're asking for. To get a stranger to want to start giving you things that you're asking for requires you to show your true self. So you want to show that you're genuine. One of the best ways to demonstrate your true intent is to place an offer on a property quickly after you've seen it. So things make sense to the seller. Okay, this person came and viewed the property on Sunday. It's now Monday. They slept on it. They placed an offer. This person must be serious. That is exactly what we want our sellers to be saying. When someone views a property and then comes back like two weeks later placing an offer, you know that they've seen a bunch of other stuff. They must have offers out on other properties as well. It's just not as nice feeling for a seller. And really the whole goal is to leverage as much emotional connection as you can with the seller so that you're able to get more of what you want. 
That leads me into my third tip, which is don't be a stranger. Communicate who you are. When you place an offer to a seller, you can include an introductory paragraph that says who you are, what you do, why you love the neighborhood, why you love the building, why you can picture yourself here versus anywhere else. This strategy works best when the seller is actually an individual. It's not really going to work on a sponsor apartment or a new development apartment that's being sold by a developer. The developer really doesn't care all that much about who you are, but an individual seller is operating on more of an emotional level and they are going to care about who their buyer is. A lot of like old-fashioned sellers too, people who maybe have lived in their property for a long time, created memories in their property. These tend to be the kinds of people who also want to see their property go from like good energy to good energy. So it is actually pretty surprising how far you can get with a nice introductory letter that shows that you're friendly, that you're accommodating, that you're open to working with the seller on any little things that they might need during the process. And as a result, you will get more of what you're looking for. The seller will ultimately feel like they know you a little bit more than the other people who've placed offers. And there is a good chance that the seller can prefer you. My fourth important tip for how to win as a buyer in a seller's market is to show your job security. You really want to emphasize your job security to a seller when you're placing an offer, especially during a time like this when job security is kind of on the rocks and people have been losing transactions after getting into contract because of losing their job. It's been so unfortunate, but for this reason, a seller is really going to be given peace of mind when they hear from you about what you do, how long you've been doing it, how long you've been employed within a specific industry or a specific company and further why is your job secure in this crazy environment if a seller can feel comfortable with you getting to the closing table and knowing that nothing with your job is going to come up between now and then a seller is totally going to prefer you now of course everyone understands no one has a crystal ball so everything can't be predicted that's completely understood but if you do have job security to show if you do have length of employment to show that 100% works in your favor and you should absolutely communicate that my next tip for how to win in a seller's market is to be as flexible as possible so if you're a buyer coming in looking at properties and you have flexible timing let's say you don't have a lease that's expiring next month or you are able to go on a month-to-month basis with wherever it is you're currently living and you're willing to be flexible with timing around closing and things to that and things of that nature sometimes if a seller is in a position where they do want a little bit more time before they have to get to the closing table for whatever their personal situation is, they will prioritize a buyer that is willing to offer that level of flexibility. Again, something that is completely free for you to offer, but shows an emotional level of connection that you care, that you're respectful, that you're mindful. These are things that cost you nothing that really do get someone to like you and prefer you and be a 
lot more flexible on giving you things that you ask for. So if you can be mindful of the seller's desired timing, and if you have a couple of extra months that you're willing to wait before closing, if it's something that the seller is looking for, then great. Maybe the seller is looking to close immediately. Maybe the seller is in a situation where they wanted to sell their apartment. Maybe they moved to Florida like a lot of people did this year, and they are already paying for their Florida place, and they're just trying to get rid of this New York City apartment, then maybe you can appeal to the seller by saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready when you are. I'm already pre-approved. I'm working with a lender that can be very fast, and we're ready to roll. That would also be appealing to a seller. So, you know, being willing to agree to timing that's a little bit sooner than most people would agree to. Those are ways to give yourself an upper hand. They don't cost you anything. And most contracts are flexible enough that even if you agree to a slightly earlier date than someone else would have agreed to, contracts usually allow for wiggle room as well. So of course, these are all things that we're discussing with your attorney, but they're also things, again, that don't cost you anything that can get you what you want in return. And that's the most important thing during a seller's market. You want to make sure that you're getting what you ask for. And if you can give something up that doesn't cost you money, it's a no-brainer to do so. My sixth tip for how to win in a seller's market is to get creative with your negotiating and what you're asking for. This is one of the things that I like doing. I find that it helps a lot, especially if you're bidding on a sponsor unit, which is otherwise known as a new development apartment. These apartments in particular are being sold off by a developer and that person is really less interested in the like emotional connection and the personal aspect of things because this is a business for them. I have another episode on this channel. I just checked it's episode six on this channel and it talks all about negotiating on sponsor apartments. But to sum it up for this episode, really the way that you're going to succeed on a sponsor apartment is understanding that a developer is really just looking to achieve a career goal for them which is selling their building that they built out at full asking price so knowing that going into sponsor sales you want to get creative in terms of what you ask for you want money back but you want the developer and the real estate team that the developer hired specifically to achieve that goal of selling the building out at asking price you want to be able to let them show that they sold the building out at asking price that's what their goal is let them have it we ask for creative things in return to save you money. A developer is often happy to make a deal with you where you're offering full price for the apartment and in return you're getting closing credits back at various amounts. It all depends on the negotiability of the developer. You can get taxes paid for. You can get other fees paid for. You can get storage units that would otherwise cost money given to you free of charge. You can get parking spots sometimes discounted. So depending on what's being offered will of course affect what you're going to ask for but that's something to keep in mind too in a seller's market you want to be able to give the higher purchase price especially because psychologically when a seller is reviewing an offer even in a typical resale that is not a sponsor unit psychologically when a seller is reviewing an offer and it comes in and it's at the price they're asking for It is exciting for a seller to get a really nicely priced offer come in and usually it's very understandable when you ask for things in return. Just recently I was representing buyers and we offered a very fair price for the home and we 
asked for $5,000 back in the form of a closing credit to make a couple of updates that we saw in the apartment that we wanted to make. Um, These are all very rational, reasonable things to ask for. And getting a closing credit back at the closing table is literally giving you a check like you're, you're physically receiving a check at the closing table which is money that you're going to cash into your bank account as soon as you're done with the closing really it's oftentimes more appealing than even getting money off the purchase price because lowering your mortgage by a couple of dollars if you're financing fifteen thousand dollars less let's say that you took off a purchase price is usually not even as beneficial to you as just financing the extra 15k and getting fifteen thousand dollars back in the form of other credits that you can cash right into your bank account. So these are all things to keep in mind. There are so many different ways to get creative when negotiating on different kinds of properties. It's really something that you can open your mind to. And really, especially when you're working with the right real estate agent that is aware of all these little tricks and that's taking the time to really analyze what options there are and what works and what doesn't work, you really can win. You really can win in a seller's market as a buyer. Which brings me to lucky number seven, one of the most important tips for winning in a seller's market is to be working with a buyer's agent who is qualified and knowledgeable in the neighborhoods that you're looking to buy in and someone who has a comprehensive understanding of these different negotiation tactics and someone who has done many buyer side transactions that they have under their belt so they've got the knowledge in what to do and what not to do. I know that I'm a real estate agent so hearing this from me you might be thinking okay, like there's that shameless plug, like come work with me. But to be completely honest with you, that's really not even what I'm saying here. Of course, I would love for you to work with me, but that's not what I'm trying to get out of this. I really do want to communicate to you the value that your buyer's agent will bring to you, whether it's myself or anyone else that you decide to work with, as long as they are actually good. You know, the worst thing that a lot of people fall for is just working with a real estate agent that they're like friends with or that they're related to or something like that without looking really at the credentials or how good they are so that said there have been so so many examples I can like rattle off dozens at the top of my head of situations where as a buyer's agent I have won very competitive bidding situations for my buyers now there are different ways that I'm able to do this as a real estate agent and I literally have emails from so many different sellers agents that came through to me saying the reason why this purchaser got this transaction is because of how much you pushed or it's because of the confidence that you were able to build in my seller. So that said, I'm going to explain here exactly what I do to win my buyers their deals at the prices that they want to pay for it. So as an agent, I have a very comprehensive understanding and ability to understand the pain points on both sides of the transaction, understanding for the seller what it is that they really need to achieve in the transaction because you'd be surprised sometimes everyone's pain points are different so being able to identify those and speak to those and give the seller what they need with respect to what their particular pain points are is a very easy way to get more for my buyer in return kind of along the lines of what we were talking about earlier another little thing that i do that almost always wins the deal for my purchasers is when I'm placing an offer on their behalf, I communicate to the seller as long as it's true that I've referred to these purchasers the best real estate attorney in the industry, someone who's highly communicative, quick, 
thorough, not trying to start giant problems over small, simple things like some attorneys actually will do. And I communicate this to the seller and they understand, okay, this might be a transaction if we choose this buyer where we're going to have less hiccups and risks and I might actually be able to sleep at night, not wondering if this buyer is going to take a hike midway through the transaction. I communicate if it's true that my purchasers are working with a mortgage lender, one of the mortgage lenders that I recommended to them who I've closed tons of transactions with. I'm on a text messaging basis with the mortgage loan officer and with the attorney and nothing falls through the cracks because we have a very great working relationship together. And if you want an update, you'll get an update in moments because I can simply text these guys or girls and call these guys or girls And we will work together as a team to actually get this buyer to the closing table. Now, of course, if there's something wrong, that's not always something that we can fix. Of course, when I'm representing a buyer, my job is to protect their best interests. You know, it's not like we can push for magic to happen. If the apartment's garbage, we can't make it better. But if everything's good with the property and it's something that the purchaser wants to pursue, we'll make sure that nothing silly is getting overlooked or falling through the cracks or causing unnecessary delays. That for a seller is priceless to know. It really is priceless to know. And I have so many agents that are working on the seller side that message me back saying, this is the reason why we chose your buyers. Another thing I mention is that when it comes to the board package, if we're working on a co-op, I have my board packages done by a professional board package expert that has an impeccable relationship with pretty much every management company in Manhattan and Brooklyn. So that'll be something that we don't have to worry about. It's firstly taken off our plates, but secondly, we know it's going to be right. It's not going to require a thousand rounds of review and if you've watched or listened to episode nine on this channel you know that the board package is extremely daunting for co-ops so that's another plus so this isn't every single thing but i feel like this was a fair amount of information to communicate the ideas of really what you need to do as a buyer to stand out in a seller's market and win the property that you want because the odds are that even though there are still properties that are sitting on the market The good one that you want is one that someone else wants to. And with that said, you're going to have to be competitive to win it. If you guys ever find that you have questions after listening to or watching any of my episodes, you can always send me an email. My email address is always in the description of every single episode. You can visit my website. You can even call me. My phone number is public information. It's on my real estate webpage. I am always happy to answer your questions and I love getting your questions. And I can honestly say I've been responding to so many of your questions that have come into me, whether it's through email, phone or my Instagram page a ton of you like to DM me on Instagram which is super cool you can follow me on Instagram as well my Instagram handle is christina.cremitas I also do giveaways on my Instagram page every single Thursday so that's just another reason to go check it out but I do love helping you guys and a lot of you have also asked for me to represent you in your transaction whether you're buying or selling I am always so happy for the opportunity to work with you guys it is such a nice feeling to to have you guys come through asking to work together after seeing one of my videos or after 
listening to the podcast. It just goes to show that this stuff is resonating with you. And that is so fulfilling. I'm just so happy to be able to share this valuable real estate information with thousands and thousands of people. This show, it's helped so many people already. And I'm so excited to see how many more people we can help along the way of achieving their goals, of setting themselves up for a future of financial success by making intelligent real estate investing decisions today. Thank you guys so much. You're amazing. Keep leveling up in every way. Keep doing your best out there and check back here every single week for new episodes. Make sure that you're subscribed and stay tuned for next week's episode where I will also be answering more of the questions that you send me. So make sure you're sending over your questions and I'll see you soon.